Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, we're here with the Hollywood Life Podcast. We've got a very special guest today and... We're so glad to have her back. Um, we had her back for the first season of her show. But before I introduce you, let's let's just say hi to my co-anchor, Ali Stagnita. Hi, Ali. Hello. Yes, I'm so excited to have this fabulous guest of ours back on the show. Um, you definitely will recognize her from Netflix. You might remember her from Dancing with the Stars or just seeing her fabulous outfits um, day and night. So Bonnie, I will let you do the honors of introducing our guest today. And she is fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. So everybody, welcome Christine Chu. Hey, Christine. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I wish we were doing this in person with some cocktails. <laughs> yes. This is a good second best. Actually, I'd like it to do it in person at one of the incredible parties that you have on Bling Empire, which you star in and which you are one of the producers on um, because I've had a, a, a preview of the first episode and that is the most incredible party I've ever seen. And Allie and I want to be there. Yeah, where's our invite, Christine? <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Well, if I throw another party, I think the party you're referring to is Mimi's anniversary. Um, right. So I'll make sure you guys are top of Mimi's uh, guest list next time. Um, but you're definitely on my list of invites for my next party. Oh, well, thank you so much. The, um, the new season just looks like it's chock full of drama, that is for sure. The pandemic did not put a pause in any drama for the blink no. fire stars. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that, that um, well, first of all, it looks like you and Anna Shay <laughs> really are having quite a difficult time. Yes. And you're seem, it seems like you're being so nice to her. <laughs> You know, at season one, we actually did have a really good time filming. Um, there were times when I stayed over at her house afterwards and we'd laugh about things and um, she was really lovely. And it was kind of an inside joke. We were, you know, it was petty drama about a necklace. We were doing the ping pong back and forth, um, silly, petty rivalry. Um, and then I, I really don't know what happened between the end of filming season one and the beginning of season two, she, I think she held a grudge. I think, um, you know, obviously I can't speak um, for her, but I'm still at a loss for what it is about me that bothers her so much. Um, but I do try to patch things up as you saw in the first episode. Um, I went over to her home with 
a basket full of fresh veggies, hoping to patch things up because life is really too short to argue over necklaces <laughs> and penis pumps. And, um, and I really did genuinely <laughs> feel that both Anna and I are so blessed in our um, individual lives that we could put our energy and resources into doing something positive. And that was really the intention of me going over was to say, hey, we may not agree on necklaces and seating arrangements, but why don't we try to do something greater that's beyond ourselves? And um, that wasn't so well received, unfortunately, and things kind of just get worse from there. Yeah, yeah. she was spicy. Yeah, what do you think? Like, do you think she's ultra sensitive? Like, why do you feel like there's these like really small petty things that are bothering her so much? Like maybe she's just jealous of you. I mean, you said it, not me. I, I don't know. I My general theory about people is that if they're happy and fulfilled in their own lives, they don't have time for negativity and toxicity and they don't have time for, um, or energy or interest in tearing other people down. So I always try to, you know, I was raised um, a Christian and I always try to like, for people who mistreat me, I always try to pray that they have better things happening in their lives, that God blesses them even more so that it diverts their attention off of trying to tear me down or to pick at me and that they can have something truly wonderful to celebrate in their own lives. Um, yeah, that's, that's the most I can say about it. I, I think misery loves company and, and it's unfortunate because we really can do so much between her and I, like we can, we can really like move mountains. Yeah. You've got the energy, you've got the resources. You definitely can, yeah. you know, how, how do I do wonder though, like, how do you do everything? You're actually doing this show you're a mom, um, you know, baby G is, is a busy boy. Your husband is a, you know, top, top plastic surgeon. You're a co-founder of the Beverly Hills plastic surgery <laughs> practice, his practice. Like how do you fit this all in and go to those parties? Well, I would, <laughs> and throw them too. Yeah. Um, I would love to say that I have everything down and that like it's easy breezy. I could do it, but to be completely transparent, I'm scrambling, you know, I'm trying, I'm doing my very best. There are days, I mean, there are um, non, like I don't compromise on picking up baby G for instance. There are my non-negotiables. So I always drop off baby G and I always pick him up because growing up my parents didn't have time for that. And um, and I wanted to break that cycle and, and to make baby G feel that um, I'm always there for him, for the big things, for the little things. So, you know, then you start prioritizing. I'm a wife. That's much more important to me to make my husband happy than to make extra money at the practice. Um, so child, husband, um, patients, safety, um, number one, and their comfort. Um, and then like the rest falls into place, like throwing parties. That's that's like a hobby of mine because I think it's a creative outlet. I love coming up with ideas and themes and kind of ex um, expanding that in all of the party details. And I love making people happy um, and providing a little bit of escapism through some of the events I throw. And I was your husband, what does he think about, you know, the drama with Anna Shea? Like, how does he kind of help support you through all of this? 
Um, he is the best kind of sounding board, but I also don't like to inundate him with so much of this stuff because, you know, he's literally managing and handling lives. <laughs> you know, he's in, he's in surgery for 12 to 16 hours a day. And the last thing I need him to think about is why Anna's still holding a grudge about a necklace I wore to her house or, you know, why Anna just wants to pick at everything um, I say or do um, or questions my authenticity. Um, I don't want to bother him with that. So I tried and I also want to support him with some of the things that he has to go through too. That's a long, that's a long hours. What time does uh, your husband Gabriel leave the house in the morning? 5 a.m. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he loves it. That's what gives him passion in life and is to like, he gets instant gratification because patients instantly, like he gets a high off of it. They instantly look at him and they're like, thank you. And the husbands come over and give them a high five. And I think he lives for stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Now, in a recent interview, you said that you took a lot of hits this season yeah. to kind of, you know, just let the storylines keep going. Can you, um, you know, now that the show is out, can you talk a little bit about those hits that you took and, and, and um, a little bit about where you stand now? Um, yes, it's tricky because there's a whole nother half of season two that is not released yet. Mm. So the drama continues to unfold and actually grows bigger. Um, but in the end, the truth does come out and the truth does prevail. Mm. And, um, and, you know, I just hope that viewers will stick with me and, and give me the benefit of the doubt, knowing that I'm not in it for the instant gain. Yes, I would love for people to immediately side with me and um, be, you know, most popular, but we're on, we're on a show and this is a project and we want to keep people interested and engaged. So I do take the longer, uh, the longer victory. Well, we're glad to hear that. Now, another couple that I'm very interested in is Sherry, who has, who proposed to Jesse last season and they've got two kids and he still, I mean, in the, the scenes in the first, First episode like he's still when the word marriage comes up it's like he just starts eating breakfast even more I mean, <laughs> like what is going on with him well I have to start by saying that love takes shapes in many forms right at different times and is and um can be played out in different ways for different people so I'm never one, and I'm not perfect, and my marriage isn't perfect, and so I should be the last one to judge someone else's relationship. Um, as a friend, I'm there to support, um, but also as a friend, I was really disappointed when they quit the show because I, and I wasn't disappointed for myself because I, I had no stake in whether or not they stayed in the show, but I was disappointed for them because I felt like they could have um, completed their story. And they could have, you know, told the whole story. And, um, and I was, uh, but, you know, I, I took some time and I thought about it. And as a mom, um, Cherie's a mom, and I'm very protective of baby G and my family and the health and happiness and wellness, including mental um, health and wellness um, of my family. And 
in in that light, I you know have to respect her decision. She made a decision that um, was probably in the best interest of her family. Well, trailer says something about him having another family. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. And so, in the middle of the, of the season, she decides to they leave. Was that shocking to you guys? Like, did you try to get to talk talk her into it or out of it? I think she automatically um, disengaged and just assumed everyone was guilty. Um, and you know, and she she has stopped her friendship or relationship with me, although. Wow. I was the one who encouraged them to go get a really good publicist to help, um, you know, with the situation. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was a little shocked. Um, it, there were certainly moments in filming season two, a lot of moments where I wanted to up and, you know, walk out and quit the show. There were very difficult moments for me, but I made a commitment to this project and, um, and I need to stick by it. Mm -hmm. What do you what do you feel like the show like really shows like offers to the readers? I mean, aside <clears throat> from the incredible uh, kind of parties and 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 bullying and and kind of the wealth and everything. So it's the cars are incredible. Like from that kind of lifestyle, what else do you think it it shows the readers? I mean, the viewers. In season one, we really um, were just so grateful for the opportunity to increase Asian visibility in media, right? Asian voices and faces and stories, um, and to continue opening that path towards greater diversity um, in entertainment. Um, season two, and, and also be careful of what you ask for, because we also were like, you know, we're not just a model minority and we're not just a stereotype. We're, we're like everybody else and we have problems like everyone else. And here we are season two, we definitely have drama like everyone else. And we definitely fight like everyone else. And so, um, it's a little of us getting what we, what we kind of, wished for. We want it to be normalized. Um, and here we are, completely normal, fighting like everyone else. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, and you also get to see your journey on Dancing with the Stars um, I, through this season. No, it's in the second half of the season. That, yes. That's not yeah, out yet. And that, thank goodness for Dancing with the Stars. Even my short time on Dancing with the Stars, it was, I think it really was a gift from God because I was in such a dark place um, after, you know, uh, going through the death of my mother, which was very sudden and very tough for me um, because I had an estranged relationship with my father and I have no siblings. So it was really hard for me to, go through all of that, plus the drama on the show, right. plus the betrayal from friends. I just really needed 
I, I mean, I'm so grateful for Dancing with the Stars because it took me out of all of that and it put me in a place of happiness. Dance is my happy place. I have been dancing since I was a little kid and um, music and movement, that was all very therapeutic for me. Did you find it um, incredibly strenuous? Like a lot of, we've talked to a, a lot of contestants on Dancing with the Stars and even people that are athletes, they say it's really hard. Oh yeah. It really is like the Olympics, at least for you know a non-Olympian like myself, of the mind, of the body, of your will. Um, it's hours and hours and hours of not just dancing rehearsals, but meeting with stage managers and meeting with costume designers and filming your package and your story. Um, but through all of that, I still would do it a million times over. And I've made some great friendships on that show. Um, I really am inspired and uh, by a lot of both the professionals and the celebrities on that show and, um, and have continued to maintain those friendships. Who have you stayed close friends with since then, like from that? Uh, we just had dinner with my old partner, Pasha and his wife, Danny, who's the champion. She's incredibly talented. Um, and I resonate really well with mo most, if not all of the, the entire cast. Um, I think not that I want to compare the, the two casts, but I do feel like there's a level of maturity and success, like professional, maybe, I don't know, there's uh, with the Dancing with the Stars folks where there's very little time to have um, idle kind of immature drama. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you're too busy. You've got to yeah. learn all those dances. And, and also, I mean, you have an Olympian, you know, and you have, you have um, very successful driven people who know how to prioritize their energy. That's a very interesting point. Now, something that you, that we see on the show is you going to Couture in Paris now, and Couture started up again. Well, I guess it has because during the pandemic, I guess that was something that you couldn't do. What's it like to go? And I see your, your husband, he goes with you. <laughs> and um, you talk about like, it's stressful. You've got a lot, you've got to get to all these shows and you have to look incredible. What's it like to actually, you know, go to those shows and pick clothes that are worth tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars? Well, we, we see couture in both 2A and 2B, and I think it's much, I think it's much more interesting in 2B because I bring Kevin. Um, so from a, like an entertainment perspective, uh, it was so much fun, but it's much more special to me in 2A um, because I had my family there. I had baby G, I had Dr. Chu, big G, um, and Paris was relatively empty because of the pandemic. And so you really got to experience all of Paris. Um, you could go to any restaurant, pick any table, go to any museum. There was barely anyone out. Um, and that I think is like a, it's an opportunity of a lifetime and just so special. Um, when I attend the shows, I, I love couture particularly because I'm a fashion nerd. I love to like really get in there and learn about the history and the people and the artistry where materials are sourced how it's made. I love being a part of the journey and I've learned so much in my 
you know, well over 10 years um, collecting couture and met so many interesting and talented people along the way. So couture for me is like appreciating art. It's wearable art. Um, there are certain pieces that I do frame up that I don't even wear, but um, for the most part, just being learning about um, how it's made and um, how difficult it is to make and then being, you know, getting into the minds of the designers is very, very fascinating for me. And who are some of Go ahead, Allie. Do you have a favorite piece that you own? That's also another, that's such a great question because that's also another reason why I love couture so much because every piece comes with a story. I am obsessed with storytelling, whether that's through fashion or film or TV um, or art, as long as it opens dialogue and brings you memories or um, tells a story, um, something you can learn from it, it, it stimulates me. So um, every piece of couture I own has a story with uh, attached. And I would say that the story that might be most nearest and dearest to my heart is um, a look from Chanel Haute Couture. Um, I don't think I've worn it really out. It's special because Chanel took, Chanel is one of the houses where I've had the same seamstress for a very long time. So, you know, you build these friendships and relationships with the people at the house and they've seen my journey through infertility. Um, as you know, in couture, everything is fit to your body. So when I was going through IVF cycles, my weight was going up and down and up and down. And they had to make that dress four times for me um, just because of the physical changes I um, underwent. And um, so they were a part of that journey with me, which was not always happy. Um, and I really appreciate the support they were able to offer. And I think this is, I mean, kind of off the record, but I think they might've lost actually lost money on that dress by making it over and over again, but they've gained a lifelong loyal client um, because they, you know, they, they're supportive during that time. Did you work with um, Carl Lagerfeld before he passed away? I did not, but Baby G's um, first, very first fashion show, of course we've met several times in social um, meetings, but I've never worked personally with him. Um, Baby G's first ever fashion show was uh, Carl's last fashion show in New York. Yeah, he was just just so sad. Yes. I, I loved I loved him. I met him a couple of times and saw him speak, and just such a loss. But um, and a lot have... of people don't realize that he also designed for Fendi. Yes, mm -hmm. um, and I I also um, collect Fendi. Bendio Couture. So I have wonderful memories of him in, in my closet from different houses. Um, you know, you, you um, just mentioned, you know, IVF and you had, you know, a struggle uh, before you had baby G. Are you thinking of trying again, of trying with a surrogate? I think we'll see that all play out. Oh. Um, in the latter, yeah, in, in the second of season two, never say never. I mean, there were so many doctors who told me I never, ever, ever would be a biological mother. And look at me now, mom of a rambling toddler who is full of life and joy. And so I think whether through miracle or advanced technology or a combination of the two, um, I hope we get to see 
babies H F J K I. <laughs> us too. Us too. Um, and do you know when season two B will uh, be available for viewers? Not soon enough. Jeez, I have to endure all of this kind of like uh, um, dragging of my character through the mud until it comes out. Oh my gosh. Well, we definitely can't wait for that moment. Um, yeah. And by the way, were you at the Met Mac Gala? Did you? I was, I was not. I'm so bummed. I told, I was like telling my husband, I'm like, remember back then when they used to invite us? <laughs> because I'm, I'm part of the Costume Institute. Um, and I've been a member of the Costume Institute for a very long time. And before Bling Empire, um, we would be invited every year. Um, I remember the year that I was going to go and then I canceled last minute was um, when I was pregnant. Huh. Well, that doesn't seem fair, um, but I'm sure that you were an observer of all of the, the photos. Yes. Of what everyone wore. Did you have a favorite outfit that you saw? Uh, favorite by innovation like being innovative or being on following the directions or instructions or just, just interesting to look at. so incredible like you know I mean my favorite was Blake Lively yes there's been a lot of talk about Kim Kardashian wearing the Maryland dress yes I she I mean she, if anyone could pull off that dress the way she did that's like someone saying, I'm going to go karaoke and sing like a Mariah Carey song. That's just something like you better really bring it. And she brought it and then some. So kudos to her. She looked glorious. Um, I'm sure Marilyn was in her grave clapping. <laughs> um, Blake Lively is a class act. I, I don't think she can do any wrong. I remember reading that she doesn't have a stylist um, and she likes to style herself. That gown, that is, it was a Versace gown, right? That it was incredible. It was, um, the artistry of it is, is very commendable, obviously, but it, the Costume Institute ball is, I mean, the Met Gala is tricky because it is a costume ball. So you don't just want to show up in a little black dress, um, but it's also not like Halloween. So you don't want to make that much of a spectacle. So to have that drama and that wow factor while maintaining like that level of respectability, I guess, is, um, it's hard and she did it. So kudos to her. Yeah, she really yeah. did. It was very couture because it was custom made and she had worked in all of these buildings and symbols mm -hmm. like the Liberty into the gown. It's incredible. And, and that's why I love haute couture so much because a designer doesn't have any limits in Okator. He could do whatever his, you know, um, vision calls for. And that's when we really get to see the greatest works of art. And will you be wearing some more of your Okator in the in the season? Season one and two? Like, yes, def definitely. Um, if you re recall when I went to, and this was like such a shame because um, we went from Paris Fashion Week in the first episode, I think we went from Paris Fashion Week to, from Paris to LA, drove to Orange County um, to make it in time for Mimi's anniversary party. And I didn't have time to stop at home to change. So I changed at the airport and I had to pull 
like one of my couture gowns out of my luggage. And so I wore an Armani Privé gown that is like so spectacular, but I didn't do it any justice because I was unbathed for, I mean, I don't even want to tell you. Um, and, and I was carrying my son and carrying bags. I was just schlepping and couture. So I would love a redo in that gown. Well, I think that that could be the title of the next show you produce, Schlepping in Couture. <laughs> yes. Of your memoir. I love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love, love that. that. Oh my gosh. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, Christine, it's been so wonderful to talk to you. And so we want to tell all of our listeners and viewers to tune in to Netflix May 13th um, for season two of Bling Empire. Yeah. And um, uh, it's you, just. Bonnie, can you just redo that? Because this is going to be out when the show's already out. So just say okay. Bling Empire's out, tune in. Okay. Okay. Well, Christine, thank you so much for being with us today. We're so excited uh, to see the second season of Bling Empire, which has just started, and everybody needs to tune in to Netflix so that they can catch all of the drama. Yes, and there is definitely no shortage of that. But hang in there with me, folks. The truth does come out. (laughs) We totally will. will. We will talk to you again when to be is is out um and we can't wait to see um all that you have in your storyline christine oh thank you so much thanks for your time i'll see thank you guys you. soon thank bye. You. Bye. bye thanks so much thank you bye, bye.